Hello and welcome back to Strong Songs, a podcast about music. I'm your host, Kirk Hamilton, and I'm so glad that you've joined me yet again to go deep into another strong song and talk about what makes the song so strong. If you're a new subscriber, and I guess pretty much everyone listening to this is still a new subscriber, um, I really appreciate that you have signed up to listen to me every other week. And uh, yeah, if you if you like the show, I hope that you'll take the time to go to Apple Podcasts or your other podcast distributor of choice and leave a review maybe tell a friend i'm really counting on word of mouth to get this thing out there i think i'd like to think there are there are a lot of people who would like this show so uh yeah if you can think of anybody you know who might like it please tell them uh so far so i I made this podcast public a couple of weeks ago the reception has been really wonderful everyone who's sent a nice note to me or said that they liked the show um i really appreciate it and uh and yeah that just that means a lot and it's very very exciting so This week's strong song is a very strong one and a very fun one that I've been looking forward to talking about on this show for a little while. It is a uh, a song that you probably know, and it really just has one challenge for you, and that challenge is this. That's right. If you liked it, then you really should have put a ring on it. This week, we're going to be talking about Beyonce's Single Ladies, the full title of which is Single Ladies, Put a Ring on It. It is an outstanding pop song. And one of the songs that I always think of when people say to me, pop music is so boring, rock is better, or whatever. There's nothing interesting going on in pop. It's all the same. And then I say, really? Because Single Ladies is one of the biggest pop songs of the last decade. And it is one of the strangest and most creative and really cool songs uh, that that I can really name off the top of my head. This song is fascinating. And uh, I, I like it a lot. So I have a lot of thoughts about it. So before we get into what makes Single Ladies great, a little background on the song. It was a single from the 2008 album I Am Sasha Fierce. Um, It was composed by Beyonce, Terrius the Dream Nash, Thaddeus Cook Harrell, and Christopher Tricky Stewart. So four people composed this song. And um, I should say up front that I am not a Beyonce expert, and I know that there are Beyonce experts out there. I know there are a million reads on the lyrics of this song, on this song as a female empowerment anthem, on the politics and personal politics and and how this song fits into Beyonce's wonderful oeuvre. I love this song on a musical level, and that's really mostly what I'm going to talk about here. But there are, of course, lots and lots of really good things written about this song already. So what do I think when I hear this song? What makes Single Ladies special to me? To me, it's two concepts that I'm going to talk about today. One is rhythm, and the other is tension, and they fit together very well. This is a very rhythmically happening song. It's just the groove on it, the bounce on it is unstoppable. There's a reason that when this song comes on, everybody floods the dance floor at the wedding or wherever at the club. And um, there is also a reason that this song isn't like a lot of other pop songs, and that's where the tension comes in. This is one of the most tense songs I can think of off the top of my head. There is so little by way of resolution in it. And I think that that is fascinating and really at the heart of what what gives it its kind of angular energy that I, I think makes it stand apart so much. So we'll talk a little bit more about tension and resolution, the two two sides of the tension coin, um, a little bit later. But for now, I want to talk about the rhythm of this song. Let's start by just listening to a little bit of the groove that happens on the verse. I got love for my lips, 
So that's the groove for the song. They've basically got five component parts that they keep consistent throughout the song that they add some little things and pull away some little things at various other points. It's really simple. It's not really a drum set kind of a groove, though the different aspects of the beat do kind of take the same, uh, take on the same shapes and roles as parts of the drum set. But you've basically got five component parts. There is the kick drum, the snare drum, the weird sound, which I'll talk about in a second, the one little rhythmically repeating note, and then most importantly, there's the claps. So let's start with the clapping. The claps are just on the quarter note. Clap, 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 clap. And this song, you know, a lot of people have pointed out this song sounds like a double dutch sort of girls playground chant. And I think that's part of part of the bounce and part of the groove to it. It has that kind of like skip rope um, chanty feel to it. And the claps, which run through the entire song, really propel that rhythm. All right, so let's try to recreate that groove just so we can kind of get each little part of it down. So first you got the kick drum. The kick drum sounds like this. I'm just gonna bang on my desk. And here's the kick drum. Okay, so that's the kick. Let's add in the, the something to play the role of those claps on the quarter notes. In this case, it's a little bit smaller. Let's just use snaps. Cool, we are on our way to making a hit single, I can tell. So the next thing that happens is the snare drum, which comes in on the fourth beat of every other bar. So you go one, two, three, four, one, two, three, pop, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, pop, kind of like that. So let's add that. Let's just make that a hand clap for this little, this little body sounds groove that I'm making. So this is what that sounds like. Okay, so we've pretty much built the groove. Now, you know I mentioned something called a weird sound. I want you to listen back now to, uh, to that same clip of the actual track of the song. Listen for the weird sound and try to pick out what it is. So there's this sound that I guess is a synthesizer or some triggered sound that just goes like meow. And it does it, um, I guess, on the three and then the one and then the four. But it's kind of behind the beat and it's just weird. Um, it doesn't... It doesn't fit with the really rhythmically locked in parts of the rest of the groove, but it's amazing and it plays through the whole song. Um, it's very disorienting to kind of just listen to it because it's so far behind the beat. So let's, I'm gonna add that to my little goofy version of this uh, just by whistling. Now there is one more thing happening that's actually very hard to hear, but it's over in the right channel. And it's a kind of a muted guitar string or something that occasionally go on an E like that. And it sort of just rings out and reinforces the, the fact that we're just in the key of E and it reinforces the harmony. It's also kind of a cool rhythm. Very easy to miss though, so you gotta listen for it. Sounds kind of like this. So that's it. Those are the component parts of the beat. So now I want you to listen back to the original recording. I'm going to play it a little bit longer and try to just hear each of those parts. Try to hear the kick drum. It does that double hit on one. Boom, 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 boom. Here, listen for the snare drum. It's pretty infrequent, but it's always on the fourth beat of this of every other bar. Uh, listen for the weird sound effect and pay attention to those claps that just keep this pulse going throughout the whole thing. So here is the fundamental groove of Single Ladies. Okay, 
Okay, so that is some grooving stuff right there. And you may have noticed I outlined the drums and the claps and the beats, but there's one thing that you hear when you listen to that that you don't hear when you hear my goofy little hand desk breakdown, and that is Beyonce's voice, which is the whole center piece of this song. Her singing, the rhythm of it, the groove of it, the, her delivery is central to everything about this song. And then in these verses, she's singing very, very rhythmically. The backup vocals are mixed in this cool way. They kind of pop and echo everything that she said. It also gives it that kind of schoolyard chant vibe. And she's the one driving the groove. And she's also the one driving the harmony, because you may notice, aside from that one little guitar thing, there is no other harmony happening at all. So when I say harmony, I mean chords, notes, you know, the only notes that are happening during a lot of this song, especially during the verse, is Beyonce singing. Now, this song is in E, and she's singing notes kind of just up and down the first three notes of the E major scale. They add one more note to that for what is probably the most undeniable part of the song, and I'm guessing a lot of people's favorite. It's actually a part that doesn't even have lyrics. Uh, And during that part, they actually add a little something to the groove that I really like, too. So let's listen to that part really quick. There's a lot to like there. It's just a really kicky groove. I think the vocal delivery on that, what? The way that she jumps up to that is perfect and just right in there. But the thing that I, a little thing that I really like that's easy to miss is there's um, this piano note that plays um, on two. And you'll hear it right here. I love that because it's the sort of, it offsets the the snare drum that's that we went over earlier that's on every other fourth beat. And, um, you know, putting that, that dong E on a two sort of works with that. They also introduce this other new sound, this, this kind of bass fall through. It sounds like this. So between them, you kind of get one dong, three, four, one, two, three, pop, one, two, one, two, three, pop. Those are the new elements that they've added while Beyonce is singing, what? And um, it, it just changes things up and like flips it around a little and makes it a little more exciting. So listen back with all that in mind. Listen to this little section one more time. And of course, they come out of it with that perfect spaceship warping up sound. Now I want to talk about the way that that groove, the way that the time of this song intersects with the intro to this song, which is a big part of what I love about it. So let me actually play this song from the very beginning, and I want you to try to find the downbeat. So this song is in 4-4, four, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. I want you to see if you can figure out where one is when you listen to the intro. So you'll feel the beat, but try to figure out where is one. See if you can count one, two, three, four, along with it, and be accurately on one from the start. Here we go. Now, I don't know about you, and this might just be a me thing, but that intro throws me for a loop almost every time I hear it until I really sat down and figured out what was going on. And that's, I think, on purpose. This song begins with the All the Single Ladies chant, but the actual location of one of the downbeat is really nebulous. And that's for an engineered reason, and that's that this song doesn't begin on one. It begins on three. 
So to give a little context for that, normally a song begins on one. When I say on one, I mean the first beat of the bar. You know, this song is in four, four time. That means there's four beats per bar. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And you'd think the song would begin, bum, 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 bum. It would start on one. And if you count it that way, you end up landing backwards on what is clearly the downbeat, which is this part. By the time she gets there, you you know you you know that that's one. You know that's the downbeat. Up in the club, like that's the groove is happening by that point. You know where it's at. The whole part leading up to that though is flipped around because it starts on three. So that's weird. Um, this is how you would actually count the intro of the song to hear the downbeat in the proper place. Ready? Three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two. And there we are, we're in the right place then. So you have to start counting the song basically three, four, one, two, three, four. There's kind of a pickup bar is what that's called. And in sheet music, there's a, there's a half bar of music that's like a pickup note to the song. But you never hear it that way. They start playing the song and everybody starts cheering and running onto the dance floor. You can find the beat. I mean, the hand claps are right there. They're giving you the tempo of the song. But the actual location of the downbeat is just a little unclear. And I think if you're just dancing to this song, you probably don't notice. I do think that it lends the song a sort of uh, the sense of that it's this chaotic vortex of groove that's you know centering toward her singing that first lyric up in the club and it's perfect when you think about it I mean because the intro is sort of this call to arms she's saying all the single ladies it's like she's calling you to the dance floor you're being called and everything's centering toward um, her her bringing you in at the verse so right when she says up in the club that's where you know where the beat is and I think even if you're not totally counting it and aware you realize okay here we are and we're now on the verse so this is kind of a diffuse rhythmic thing that then centers. Another thing I like is that when I count it properly, every time um, the one is always that double hit on the kick drum, boom, 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 boom. It always does that double hit. That actually matches up with single um, when they say, oh, the single. Single is the downbeat. And it's cool partly because that's one, like that's the first beat of the bar, and they're saying single, and also because single uh, has the two syllables that match up with boom, boom on the kick drum. Just listen really quick and try to hear how she goes single, and it matches up with that drum. So one more thing about the intro that's so cool is the echoing backup vocals. When she says all the single ladies, then the backup vocals echo all the single ladies. But each time they layer and they become a little bit more harmonically complex. So the first time you hear it sounds like this. So that's just a straight up echo. Next time, however, you're going to hear a second voice in there on a slightly higher harmony. And then the last time they add a third voice that's even higher and it sounds like this. So it stacks. You go from this to this and finally to this. So with all of that in mind, um, I'm not going to count along with it this time. You can count if you want or just try to hear single. And then the, the response single is also on the downbeat. And try to hear those as matching up as one so that you're prepared for when she says up in the club, you already have it counting one, two, three, four in your head. And while you're doing that, if you have the bandwidth, try to also listen for those backup vocals that are layering and getting higher and higher each time. See if you can do it. Here's the intro one last time. Put your hands up. 
So that is a lot of attention to dedicate to what amounts to about 12 seconds of music, but I think that it encapsulates so much of what makes this song so unusual and so cool. It's rhythmically complicated. It's so it's made with such care and precision. There's so much going on despite the relative sonic simplicity of it and the simplicity of the groove, and that's true throughout the rest of the song. So that's enough rhythm for now. Let's talk about tension, because that's the other thing about this song that I think makes it remarkable. This is a tense song, a very tense song, which makes sense. Um, this is a song about a tension in a relationship. It's about a woman's desire for a man to just step up and commit already. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. Is uh, you know, it's not a it's not a polite song. It's really in your face about what um, the singer, in this case Beyonce, wants, and it's about a sort of central tension of a relationship. So the whole song is very tense and unresolved, it never actually really arrives in a way that that songs tend to when they finally resolve that tension. So tension and resolution are key, fundamental parts of music. Um, some chords are more tense than others, some chords are more resolved. And a lot of Western music in particular is built around the tension and resolution of one chord or one melody, one leading tone leading to another. So when I'm talking about a lot of tension, that means that this song doesn't actually arrive at a resolution point very often. In fact, it almost never does. And instead, it's just a lot of tension. I you know I mentioned when we were talking about the groove that there isn't a lot of harmony in this song. Um, there aren't a lot of chords playing. There's almost no, you know, traditional guitar or bass chords. There are just a couple of parts where harmonies are implied. And one of that is during the chorus of the song. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. They are not the kinds of harmonies that you would expect from a pop song in E major. Here's what that part sounds like. So that right there, in addition to the bridge, those are the two times where the song kind of actually implies harmony beyond just the sing-songy E major stuff that Beyonce is doing. And it's some weird harmony. It's it's unusual harmony on the bridge, too, but it's particularly weird on the chorus. So what's happening there is basically an E major chord over B. It then goes up just a little bit and becomes a C augmented chord. Then it goes back down to the E over B. And then it goes down to just basically an A power chord that kind of implies A minor, A minor major seven, sounds like this. So put them together and you get this very unusual chord progression. Now just listen for that in the actual recording. So it's the augmented chord that makes this unusual. I mean, you've, you've heard of a C major chord and a C minor chord, but a C augmented chord, that's a weird sounding chord. So that's a, a you know an unusual one for a pop song. And I think it's the thing that makes this song sound funny. So putting that C augmented chord in context, there's this tension going between, if you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. And this, these strange chords are playing underneath it. And it just doesn't come out of it in any kind of a resolved way. The same thing happens on the bridge. The bridge of the song goes to A minor and then back to E minor a little bit. Let's just listen to the bridge. It's a really markedly different tone from the rest of the song. It's where the groove totally changes and the harmony changes. So here's the bridge of the song. Don't bring me to these things of the world I'm not that kind of girl Your love is what 
So I know I've been mostly talking about non-vocal parts of this of this song and of the arrangement, um, though it's worth returning to Beyonce's voice here. I mean, her voice is, again, just to underline, the absolute driving force of this entire song. And when the chorus hits, she opens up her, her vocals. Um, she comes in on that first note. I mean, damn, she is she is not messing around on this bridge, uh, on this whole part. Um, the, every bit of the vocal delivery on this song is very, um, very intense, but uh, the, the bridge is really where, where she brings it home. So harmonically on the bridge, the chords are going between A minor and E minor, just those two chords. After that comes a section where it goes to those chords again, and then it goes to C major, and then B. And B is a really crucial, crucial chord for a reason I'll explain in a second. So here's that part. I'm sorry, I just, I love the fact that the little sound is like still going even on the bridge when it's so dramatic. Okay, sorry. Anyway, back to the harmony. So here we're just hanging out on that B chord. It's long, just B chord. And it's really, it really wants to go somewhere. It's the place where the song most, uh, most noticeably leans into a sort of traditional harmony. So what I mean by that is just, without getting too technical, a B chord wants to go to an E chord. This song is in E. The B is the chord that most obviously sets up the E. When you hear a B chord in the context of E, you, it just wants to go there. So when you're hearing this, you really just want it to go and resolve to an E. Now, what does that song actually do? Well, it resolves to an E, sort of, but it does something really tricky. So let's listen to that long, drawn-out B that, you remember, really wants to go to an E and see how do they get back to E. So what do they do? But they do the thing with the intro again. They flip the beat around. So just when you're feeling good and you think you know where you're going, you're on this B chord, it's going to resolve to E. The drum beat drops out for just long enough for Beyonce to start singing on a flipped beat for them to add two beats to it. And suddenly the beat is turned around from where he thought it was. Everything is confusing again. And they do the whole intro again and set up the, the out verse where they finally land on one again. So rather than actually providing the resolution that you would get if they just kept the time steady, they add these extra two beats and flip the time around so that you don't actually know where you are. Uh, with that in mind, listen again. It's such a rhythmically odd and flipped around way to come out of the bridge that just when you really thought you were going to get a resolution, you don't get it. And you're back on this disorienting intro that then leads to the outro. So I love that because I love that the song is just unwilling to give you this sort of release and catharsis. And I think that that is very on purpose. I think that's a big part of this song and the sort of tense groove. As much as it's a really fun song that everyone gets together and dances to, it is this tense, tense song. And I think that's a big part of it. So we're getting near the end of my thoughts on single ladies. Um, as we wrap up, th when they bring the thing home and they sing, you know, the 
chorus one more time, they start doing a lot of cool stuff. They cut up the beat and sort of, you know, um, there are these, these little drips and drops and the beat will drop out for a second. And they're kind of remixing it slightly. And then they do one little subtle thing after one of those that I really enjoy. It's something they change that I think speaks to the level of attention to detail in the song and how each tiny little thing that they add to such a minimalist beat makes a really big difference. It's something with a kick drum. I want to see if you can hear it. Um, this is the section that I'm talking about. So I don't know if you caught that, but right there, they changed the kick drum pattern for the first time in the whole song. And instead of going boom, 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 they give it three quarter notes right in a row. And it goes boom, 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 like that. Uh, listen again. It's right at the start of the chorus. Just those three kick notes. It's the only time that they do it. Just this little way of kind of driving home that we're, we're in the final phrase. And then they repeat it one more time at the start of the next phrase. Love that little that little detail. I think it actually um, really kind of drives the tune home at the end, along with all the extra synths and other things that they're adding. And those are pretty much my thoughts on Beyonce's Single Ladies, an amazing song that I, you know, I can't even begin to get into the impact that this song has had. There have been so many covers and parodies and tributes to this song um, over the 10 years since it came out. And, you know, deservedly so. It's an iconic song, one of the greatest pop songs of all time. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please do tell people you know who you think might like it. Rate me on the Apple Podcast app or anywhere else that you're listening and generally spread the word. You can always get in touch with me with suggestions, with feedback. I'm definitely open to feedback. This is a new show, so please send your feedback, suggestions, anything else. I am on Twitter at Kirk, K-I-R-K, Hamilton. I am also reachable via email at strongsongspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me just more generally online at kirkhamilton.com, so I'm a very easy person to track down, and I would love to hear from you. That's all for now. I'll be back in two weeks with another Strong Song. <laughs>